So those who are tuning in who, or who will watch this uh, at some point uh, over the coming days, as I pull up some uh, info here, uh, the Genwell Project is a human connection movement whose mission is to make the world a happier and healthier place by reminding people about the importance of face-to-face -face social connection and inspiring them to take action. Our original goal was to help people take that action and create that awareness before the next crisis. Uh, but as Ryan just touched on, we're now there. And so we want to be a, an organization that helps people connect to the people, to the ideas and to the solutions that help us through these challenging times. And that's what Connected Conversations is. Connected Conversations is a series of conversations with amazing people like Ryan Doyle, who understand the importance of staying connected in their own way, whether it's as a radio talk show host, as a psychologist. Yesterday, we had a positive psychologist, a positive psychology expert on. We've had creative arts, physical health. Every one of these people helps us all connect to the things that will make us happier and healthier as we, as we are challenged through these challenging times. So um, we're excited to carry on and again, more than anything, help people cope, uh, find solution and build the resilience that will get us to the other side. As for you, my friend, uh, this is the bio that I have for you, although uh, <laughs> I have a lot more to add, which is uh, Ryan Doyle has enjoyed a nearly two-decade career at Newstalk 1010, formerly known as CFRB, although it says CFRB on the website, so I'll call it CFRB. He currently hosts The Rush with Jay Michaels. Ryan took over the live drive after John Tory announced his bid in 2014 mayoral race and hosted the program for two years with a rotating cast of co-hosts. But now it's just you and Jay hosting The Rush each and every day from four to seven on your local radio dial at News Talk 1010. Ryan Doyle, it's an absolute pleasure to have you here on the Connected Conversations uh, on Instagram Live. Thanks for making the time. Absolutely, my pleasure. So Ryan, I'm going to go right into it because uh, this is what you do for a living. And I think, uh, you know, people, all, you know, people with high visibility, media people, oftentimes people believe, oh, you know, they've got it easy. They've got everything going great. And the first thing we like to do with, you know, the people who come and join us on Connected Conversations is check in with them. How are you doing? How are you coping with COVID-19? I know you've had a new addition to the family recently. So, you know, it's got to add some anxiety and pressure. What's going on and how are you coping? Yeah, I think the, the best thing for me to sort of couch it with is perspective. You know, there are a lot of people out there that are working on the front lines, yeah, you, whether it's a grocery store, whether it's a hospital, whether it's a butcher shop, whether it's a, a paramedic, uh, those people have it uh, in a real stressful way right now. And there's no denying that. So in no way would I ever compare my level of stress inside my house to, the, to what's going on with them out there. But to say that, yeah, it, it is stressful. You know, as you mentioned, I've got a newborn who uh, just turned one month old yesterday, if wow. you can believe it. Yeah, I mean, time flies, even in quarantine. Uh, you look at it and you think, okay, well, you know, my main priority a month ago was to just bring him home safely, to make sure that he was okay, to make sure that mom and him were on the mend and uh, all ready to to face the world, so to speak. But, you know, we've also got a two and a half year old who is full of energy and she's a handful most days, but when you don't have an outlet uh, for your kids, as you well know, Pete, it can be a little bit more of a challenge to, to find things for them to do, to change up the days, to make things a little different, to make things special and make them stand out. So all of those things are challenges. And then I, I come up to this little nest that I'm, I'm talking to you from right now. And that's where I broadcast the show from every single day. So that's a, that's a challenge in its own right. It's got its own technical challenges. Um, 
I, as you mentioned, I work with Jay every day. So we're in a bit of a unique situation. It's not just one person on a microphone. It's two people having to talk to each other and have a dialogue similar to this one, but with a lot more technology. And, you know, we're, we're trying to hit as many people as we can. So there, all of those challenges are, are fun. They're hard. They're welcomed. They're stressful. It's a big, it's like a Jimmy Buffett blender full of fun. <laughs> you know, I bet you there was probably a time, uh, there was probably a time when you thought to yourself, as many of us thought about when we, we, we idealized the idea of working from home, it's like, wow, if I could do this from home, everything would be so amazing. And then when we get the opportunity to do it, it's kind of like, no, I think I'd rather go back to the studio. Yeah, that's exactly it. It's interesting because we've talked so much on the show about telecommuting and the idea of, you know, well, you could have a three day work week or a two day work week. And maybe those things are still an interesting, you know, an interesting idea. If you had everything else back in the world, if you could go out for a dinner, you could have a, a beer with a friend, if you could watch a sporting event, maybe that reality would mix better with this reality. But you know, truth be told, you, you do miss that human contact. You miss that human connection. I, I know for certain having to not, you know, having to have video chats with Jay every single day is a, a lot more challenging and feels a lot more sterile and weird uh, than it would normally be if we were in studio together. Yeah, I think it's, I think we're all awakening, awakening to what the world will look like when we become a much more digital society. We will, and I think it's becoming very clear that we crave the human connections that, you know, certainly the Genwell Project has been talking about for four years, but Maslow told us about, you know, 50 years ago. Um, but we, we, won't, we won't go back to the way we were, that's for sure. But I think there will be a greater appreciation for the human connections and the opportunities to sit down across from a buddy and, and have a beer like never before. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's the little things. But, you know, we've also I have to point out, we've also made it so that technology has managed to help us a little bit. You know, I love the idea that we still do. You know, we do a trivia night. We try to do that once a week with friends. We do that over Zoom and somebody comes up with the questions and puts the, the hard work into it. And we all sit and kind of enjoy that hard work together. Uh, me and the boys do a poker night on the Saturday night, which is fun. We can all see each other. It's not the same. We're not going to pretend that it's the same, but it's something. And I think if you if you look back 100 years when people were going through this, they certainly didn't have all of the amenities that we, we have now in, in, the, in the technological sphere. Yeah, I, uh, I had the opportunity Tuesday night to play a euchre with uh, a friend from Chile, a buddy up in Algonquin Park, somebody from downtown Toronto and me. And you recognize, you know, and, and the Genwell Project's never been anti-technology. We've just been about trying to encourage people to spend time face-to-face -face and find that balance. And I think this was, you know, uh, I, I was talking to an insurance friend who said for four years they were trying to use digital signatures. And in one week, after four years of fighting the lawyers, in one week, we were able to get it through. And now they're using digital <laughs> signatures. Amazing yeah. how that happens when your business is on the line. I think for a lot of us, we realize that this is survival. You know, this is the opportunity sure. for us to supplement the human interactions with people that we love, that we care about, that we're thinking about, and we'll get back to the human connections eventually. Yeah, it, it's sort of a band-aid of the human connection right now in order to, to bridge that gap till we get to the other side, for sure. So Ryan, you've been uh, you've been in the radio uh, the radio game for a long time. You have been creating conversations uh, with people for a long time, and I'm sure over the course of twenty plus years of doing it, 
you've probably been through some crises and, and probably some crises that you were like, whoa, this is the craziest thing I've ever heard of before. I want to I wanna get a perspective on wh what are the other ones that in your past you thought, oh my God, this is unbelievable. Nothing like this will ever happen. And then secondarily is kind of go, okay, so now let, let's put the lens on COVID-19 and, and kind of where I want to go eventually is into what are the listeners saying to you? What are the conversations you're having? Because I believe those conversations are critical right now for people to hear. So let's look back. What are those moments in your career thus far where you've been talking about things going, this is unbelievable. Yeah, I think 9-11 is probably the big one that stands out for me in my career. You know, you think to yourself, uh, people from another part of the world managed to hijack airplanes and fly them into two of the major buildings in New York City. And then, of course, the damage they did in Pennsylvania and Washington, D.C. You step back from that even now and you think of how unfathomable it was at the time, even now to the idea of somebody doing that, you know, drawing up blueprints in the middle of nowhere that this plan was going to be unhatched and and to go through it and to execute the entire thing and then to lead to such absolute tragedy, ripping families apart. So I remember that day. I remember being in studio that day. I, I think myself and uh, my boss, Mike Ben Dixon, working shoulder to shoulder. Uh, we worked through that day for about 14, 16 hours where we put together programming and, and tried to make sense of it for people. And largely that's what our job is, right, is to try to make sense of things that don't make sense to people. Uh, so we had that day. And of course, the blackout. You know, I know that was one of the impetuses for the, the you know, the Genwell project. The blackout was interesting for a whole bunch of different reasons, because I think much like COVID-19, it challenged us uh, to what our normals were. You know, we were used to using bank cards and, and cell phones and having electricity. That was sort of something we took for granted. Uh, we were used to living in our own little shacks, our own little houses, not having to talk to anybody else and not having to get outside and actually figure out the world without communication and without electricity. So I think those two things would be big I wouldn't call them highlights, but would certainly fit under yeah. that category if, if you're kind of making those big picture, wow, I couldn't believe this happened events, you know, in terms of COVID-19, those would be the two big ones for me. I think it's, it's such a, you know, there's uh, something that I think I've recognized over the few weeks as I've been noodling this in my head. What is, what's different? Why is this, you know, so, so important? And why is it that it feels so powerful in the game changer that I think it's going to be? And if you think of 9-11, I feel like we all went through it, but we didn't go through it really if you weren't in New York. And the blackout, because we were in Toronto and the Eastern Seaboard, including New York, went through it. And it was two to seven days, depending where you were. I think we had a sense of the community that comes out of challenging times when we go through something together. And, you know, one of the big messages we always talk about with the Genwell is, People are going through their own challenges behind their own four walls every day that we don't know about. And that's the power of building your community and supporting people by reaching out. But I think COVID is something that's really special. And I mean that, you know, as you say, it's not something that we want to highlight as a positive in those other experiences. But there's something really unique in the fact that every single person, young, old, rich, poor, no matter who you are, you are experiencing the same challenge uh, in COVID. So I wanna, I wanna hear what your perspective is on COVID. Why is it the next big thing? And, and, and what, then what are you hearing? What are people talking about? 
Yeah, I think it's interesting because if you contrast the blackout, and you're right, I mean, these are experiences that we didn't all share as a worldwide collective or even a, a continental collective. Certainly the grieving of 9-11 was worldwide, but everything else was very centralized to those areas. If you look at COVID and you compare it to the blackout, they're almost, they're almost the antithesis of one another, right? You've got something that forced us all together, forced us to talk to our neighbors, forced us to socialize, and forced us to change our habits. Whereas COVID is stripping us bare the other way. It's yeah. forcing us to stay indoors. It's forcing us to find different ways to communicate that aren't that face-to-face -face that we had as a, as a challenge in the, in the blackout. So that's interesting to me. Um, just to look at it that way, it really strips us back to times none of us are familiar with. We didn't know what it was like to line up to go to a grocery store. Uh, you know, we didn't know what it was like to have limited options for things. And even that, you know, with your Amazons and, and all of the delivery services, we're still very fortunate in all of it. You know, I, I try to underscore that to people, you know, not to say, you know, oh, look at us, we have it so much better off than other parts of the world or other decades or other centuries. But at the same time, you know, we, we've got some good things in our society, but at the same time, there's some challenges that are new to us that we have to face head on every single day. And there's a bit of that. So I think that's part of what we hear on the show, just to answer your question about COVID and what we're hearing from people. But there's fear. There's fear. There's a lot of unknown. And we try our best to get people as many answers as we can because there's so many different sections and so many different sectors that this hits. It hits the economy. It hits healthcare. It hits almost every single um, pin that exists in government and every single department that exists in government. And people know that. And the, the anxiety and the fear uh, is palpable every day when I turn this microphone on at four o'clock. You know, it's really, I think, to your earlier point, I think one of the greatest things that we all have an opportunity to recognize is how fortunate we are right now, that we do wake up with, uh, if, 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 you know, if you and I are the examples, that we have a roof over our heads and food on the table. And yes, we might have to put up with a little more challenge, but compared to those that are less fortunate right now, and we can see the effort that's being made in this city and across this country, whether it's food banks, whether it's homeless, whether it's, uh, you know, other organizations that are stepping up to help people to address some of that fear and anxiety that, are, that people are feeling, but also to recognize those that are just, just not able to coast through this isolation and lonely, loneliness, like many of us have been coasting through a lot of the world over the last uh, couple of decades. I think it's really a, a powerful benefit to, to what's going on right now. Yeah, it absolutely is. And I think, you know, we have to we have to embrace it in a way as a, a bit of a behavioral check. It was interesting to me yesterday. We talked a little bit about our food supply when it comes to beef. That's been in the news quite a bit. Yep. Uh, we talked about it on the show yesterday and our expert basically said, listen, it's a bit of a blip on the radar. There's nothing to panic about. But even in my own world, I've been ordering food now, you know, when it comes to meat and when it comes to vegetables locally over the last couple of weeks because they provide a box service. They provide a delivery service. It keeps me out of a big grocery store a little longer. And, you know, I questioned yesterday, and a lot of people actually backed me up on this, you know, will my world shrink a little bit more? Will I become less global and more local? And I think that's one of the behavioral shifts you're going to see in the next little bit, at least for me. And I, I know a lot of the people I talked to on the show yesterday, that seems to be where people are heading. You know, it's not going to be, I'm going to buy a couple of steaks at the grocery store because it's easy to throw in the cart. It's going to be, I'm going to buy a couple of steaks from the local farmer because I can source that and I'm going to know the guy and I trust what he's selling me. Yeah, I think we're going to become so much more local and go back to, you know, when we think about human connection, it was really about tribes when, you know, back in caveman time, because 
there was no such thing as a car and airplanes. And we weren't getting, they certainly weren't getting food from Florida, whether it's fresh fruit out of season or, you know, beef from somewhere else in the world. It was, hey, what's that dinosaur or what's that uh, pterodactyl yeah. that we can, we were pterodactyls real, by the way, or am I just making pterodactyls up? Uh, I'm pretty sure they were real, but I don't want to start an internet. Uh, I don't want to okay. start an internet trend today. So I'm just, just, just checking way. on that. But I think our I think our whole world is to be is going to become more local and I think more appreciative, you know, in the world that we live in right now, where we we have our 24 hour. Oh, I, I was going to pick up my phone, but I'm actually talking to it, you know, where we're watching people's human highlight reels and feeling the need to travel the world because we're watching everybody that's always around the world or buying stuff. I think we're going to find ourselves being much happier just staying connected to one another and appreciating the simple things that while we've been hunkered down, what is it that we love the most? It's actually getting on a Zoom call with our good buddies and playing poker. It's, you know, spending time with my newborn and my two and a half year old and maybe going to the local park for a walk and with my wife and going down in the ravine, whatever that is. It's amazing. I, I wrote an article in a local newspaper and, and it was called, you know, um, if only. And I think for 10, 20 years, Ryan, we've been asking, if only I had the time. Well, now we've got the time. And yeah. I think we're all waking up to that. So when you talk about what people are feeding back to you, fear, anxiety, you've talked about food supply. So what role do you think, I don't want to say you, because you're the, you're the conduit, you're the, you're the host, you're, you're creating the sure. conversation. But what role do you think uh, radio stations, news talk programs play in helping people through these challenging times because I think it's I think it's pretty important. Yeah, I mean, and and you see the trend worldwide where it used to be that the you know the big hit music stations would be the number one stations when it comes to ratings and when it comes to that kind of listening pattern and that sort of thing. News talk radio has actually taken over worldwide. It has become what people are now listening to in and in COVID-19 as part of all of this. They're, they're wow. turning to that. Yeah, and I think it's, it's twofold for me at the very least when I look at what it does and what it provides and sort of the feedback we get. I mean, our feedback is instantaneous. Even here in my bedroom, I have a text board where the entire GTHA here in Ontario can can send me messages instantaneously. So I know what people are thinking. I know, that, you know <laughs> what, what's kind of in their minds almost immediately. Whether uh, you like it or not. Whether I like it or not. And it's not all pretty. It's not all pretty. <laughs> uh, but you look at it and you think, well, we provide information first and foremost. And I think information is such a valuable tool in a world where A, you've got a lot of disinformation and B, you've got a situation where people aren't getting uh, the necessary answer. So I'm not talking about, you know, not hearing what politicians are saying, but what does it mean? What's the context of all of that? You know, you hear big fancy numbers being kicked around, uh, whether they're dollar amounts or whether they're cases of the virus. But what does that mean? How do we dissect that properly? Yeah. And I think that's the job of talk radio to do that kind of thing, uh, to sort of take a, a, a scalpel to it and make sure that we break it down for people in a, in a way that they can understand it. The second part I would say is we're comfort, you know, people are listening to us normally as part of routine and we, i like to think that we we at least in the afternoon serve as a bit of the lasagna you know we're a bit of that real comfort food that macaroni and cheese where people can hear some familiar voices you know we're lucky to have each other as friends and other people that we know as friends not everybody has that that's not everyone's world that's not everyone's reality so if we can pipe two comfortable voices into your living room or into your kitchen 
every single day that you can count on five days a week when you can't have anybody else to talk to or you don't have anybody else to talk to. That can be a that can be a big thing. And the third thing I would put in just as as a parent, I know how important and vital distraction is. Uh, sometimes we're just distraction. We have parents that text us. We had one guy who called the show the other day. His name was Anthony. He goes out to his car every day at four o'clock. His wife watches his kids. He sits in the car and listens to our radio show. Doesn't turn the car on, just sits in the driveway, listens to the radio show and comes back in at five o'clock just to get his sort of fix of us and have that little bit of distraction in his day. And then he goes back to the chaos that it is living room and his kitchen and all that kind of other stuff. So. So I would say information, comfort, and distraction is really what we're, we're providing right now. Well, I think, uh, you know, being a big listener to you and Jay, I, uh, I think, uh, you know, in these crisis times, I think it's that information. But I, I do, I know the days that I've listened where I've literally been laughing my head off in the car as I've been driving around. Um, whether it's information, whether it's a friendly voice, whether it's comfort, uh, as you call it, or whether it's distraction, I think it's it's really powerful. I know that uh, Megan Rennick, who uh, tuned in here a second ago, is a huge fan of the show. And uh, she, she was saying, you know, it's all about connecting and, and the comforts of, of talking to people and hearing people that we know. So, um, you know, so you go through these conversations. How do you keep, how do you play a role? You know, because you talked about... Um, uh, false information, uh, fake news. How, yeah. how do you keep your perspective out of it, Ryan, as you're trying to address all these challenges and the news is coming at you faster than ever before? How do you how do you just play the observer and, and share the facts without, although, frankly, I don't think you do, actually. I think you are very <laughs> comfortable with sharing your opinion and that's really what your show's all about. So, But I guess maybe the, the flip side is that the feedback that you get, you know, how do you cope with all that, especially in a time when we're isolated and lonely? Maybe you don't have all the coping strategies we might normally have. How do you cope with that when you're not getting the support you need and you're probably still taking some some comments that, you know, don't feel so good to you? Um, you know, I've been doing this for so long, Pete, to be honest with you, whether it's something as big picture as this or as, as low key as a, you know, a kind of throwaway lifestyle story that we would do. Whatever the reaction, whether it's positive or negative, I, I get it. I mean, I'm here to elicit reaction. I'm here to have people feel and emote. And there's a lot of people that are frustrated and stressed out right now. And I kind of take it with a grain of salt and let it roll off my back a little. As far as the fake news component of things, I do a lot of reading. I mean, reading and information are key and not just from one source. I just don't go to one source and say, this is what I'm going to trust because you do that and you're i think you're dead in the water if you're trying to communicate with people you really have to go to other places you have to go to other sources you have to compare and look around the world to see you know we did a story yesterday on masks and the story was just originally about costco down in the united states uh telling their customers that as of the beginning of may they were gonna have to wear masks in the store as part of the process but i was like okay well that's a good story but how do we make this a better story and it turns out there are a few towns in germany and cities in germany that have been doing this mandatory masks for a while. And I brought that kind of into the mix wow. to say, well, what are, what are the results with it? What, you know, does it have any results? Turns out all of these places have been COVID free for eight days with these mandatory mask orders that are in place. Now, if you're not wearing a mask, you get a fine, but it's that kind of information, I guess is my point. You, we search around, we go to different places. We try to bring different things in, different perspectives, and that sort of molds and helps the analysis as we go through it. And so you go through, uh, you go, now I know we started off and you said, you know, everything in, in, in relative, uh, in, in relative, in, in relative terms, all is, all is good in your world. 
But let's say you go through a day and you're talking about COVID and story after story is about negative things happening, whether it's housing, whether it's food shortages, all the different things are, that are going on. How do you walk away and not feel a little uh, down from the day and what's going on around you? How do you cope with, with all those, those pressures? Uh, pressures may not be the right word, but just the, the, the tone of the conversation right now, because you're right, people are struggling at all, mm -hmm. all levels. Some people have lost million dollar businesses. Some yeah. people can't put, put food on their table. And the pressure and anxiety of all of it is, is challenging. How, how do you cope after a, after a show? I do my best to social distance myself away from the information. I think that would probably be the phrase that I would use. I, I keep myself at a distance from it. When I'm in it, I'm in it. When I'm out of it, meaning when the, the microphone goes off, I got the microphone right here. Uh, when the microphone goes off, it goes off in my head as well. And listen, I used to be much better at compartmentalizing things. You know, we do a, a Sick Kids Radiothon every single year uh, where I get to host it and I get to meet all of these kids that, you know, their struggle is, is very real and is every day. And usually I see all my co-hosts crying around me and I'm sort of the, the more stoic one that gets the stories out of the kids and make sure we raise money for that great institution. It's a little harder now that I have my own kids. Yeah. I can be honest with you, you know, it, and everybody's always said that it's going to be more difficult than it was last year. But, you know, at this point, when that microphone goes off, I get to walk down the steps or even better, my little two year old's at the door and she comes bursting through with a ton of energy and a big smile and these big, beautiful blue eyes. And she comes running in and she usually wants to have a little chat with Uncle Jay and they do a little FaceTime or a little Zoom chat together. And then it all kind of just, you know, it doesn't go away out there for everybody else who's living through it. But that second that door opens and that door cracks open and that happens, it all goes away from me at the very least because I, I look at what's important and I look at what matters to me. And at that point, I kind of just put it all in, back in a box and, and know that it's going to come back out tomorrow so that I can give the best show to the people that are, that are out there and they're fortunate, that are, I'm fortunate enough to have as listeners. It's a beautiful, a beautiful perspective. And I, again, when we talk about the benefits of working from home, you know, there's pros and cons to either either solution. But I think uh, just the visual that you created there of uh, your little one walking through the door and everything you just talked about for the last three hours disappearing because yeah. being present is uh, is what it's all about when we've got our little ones around. Talking about being present and talking about, you know, connecting and different things. I want to ask you, you know, you've been a big supporter of Genwell since day one. What drives you to be a, an ambassador and a spokesperson and the voice of the Genwell project? What what what's the inspiration in your world to to be a part of this? I think it's because I believe, like, I work in the world of human connections. Like, not a lot of people can say that. I I really truly do. I mean, that's what we do for a living. You know, you talk about people getting angry at me or people sending in some salty messages or positive messages. That's all connecting with people. If you can reach into somebody's radio, into their car, into their home, and put your words into their, into their sphere and have them react, that's the ultimate in connecting with people. So the idea that you're out there every single day promoting uh, what it is I do is fantastic because we all need a little bit more of that, not just me doing the radio thing, but me in my own life, you know, taking a time to say a good morning to a neighbor, uh, taking the time to have a conversation. So now even over a fence, you know, have a, have a quick hello to somebody in your backyard or, 
over the front porch if you can if you can find the time in the neighbor to do that with those things have become more and more important so i've kind of taken it out of my workspace and have been you know happy and proud to to be working with you to try to get that message across and you know i can even think of just walking the dog this morning it was a rainy day i had my daughter with me we're out in the neighborhood and you know we must have said six or seven good mornings and she gives her a little good morning and it's you know it puts a smile on somebody's face it's those little things that that really go a long way so whether you've got a microphone in front of you or you're just using your voice out on the street, that's human connection, folks. That's reaching into somebody and making them feel. And that's a that's a real big gift we all have that we don't use enough of. Yeah, it's a big part of our message. Our campaign theme going into this Genwell weekend is just one more. And, and our message really is, Ryan, just that simple is, you know, if every one of us just said hello to one more person or reached out and had a conversation with one more person, team or group of people. And in a lot of cases, it's people, you know, you just haven't reached out to them in a long time because up until five weeks ago, we weren't making the time. And now it's we all have the time, whether that's because you're not driving to work, whether that's because, you know, there's other things that you're saving time because you're locked in your four walls all day long. There's, there's a simple way for us. And now that we've become comfortable with virtual technology, there's a great opportunity for us to make a difference in the lives of other people, whether it's on a small walk down the street or whether it's by reaching out virtually and, and getting connected. So uh, I, I just want to say thank you. I did notice that even on your walks in the morning, you're now even sharing a, a local, maybe you can tell us <laughs> your local uh, sign maker who's putting up some, some great stories. This guy's great and he's been doing it for two weeks and I feel I feel almost bad that I didn't get a chance to share it ahead of time. I just didn't think about it. About every day we walk down this, by this house, it's probably about three streets away. It's usually pretty empty, a lot of social distancing going on. There's maybe one or two people. And this guy's got a sign, just a, a, a whiteboard sign on his, on, his front, on his front lawn. And he puts a message out every single day. And sometimes it's a corny dad joke. And sometimes it's a little bit of history. Uh, today was about the, this is the anniversary of the first standalone typewriter, uh, you know, and he kind of made a little joke at the end of it. Yesterday was about minimum wage and going up to a dollar in the province back on this day, 1968. Uh, and he said that made a lot of sense, which is just a corny, goofy joke. But, you know, it's a little thing that makes somebody smile. And I think the guy's putting the effort into it. So I'm putting it out there on social media, sharing it with our listeners. Just, you know, it's an old world thing, right? A guy who gets out there with a marker and puts something out on a board, he doesn't have to do that. He does it because it makes people feel something. And even though he's not there face to face, that's a connection if you ask me. Yeah, I think it's it's really important for us all to recognize and, and maybe maybe overcome some of the barriers that we've been living within that, you know, oh, I can't do that because, yeah. you know, people people would make, people would think I'm crazy. People would think, oh, that's not normal. The reality is every one of us has an opportunity to right now to make a difference in the lives of other people. You know, you talked about it, uh, you know, as a smile walking down the street, the sign maker, you know, us trying to generate more connection on Genwell weekend, whatever the case may be, we all have a, a critical role to play uh, to, to keep people connected, to keep people smiling, to keep them positive because uh, these challenging times may end up, uh, overwhelming some of us along the journey. I think I was telling you about uh, my co-host Jay. He brought up a great suggestion during all of this. And I think you and I were sharing that on a, a phone conversation the other day. And I encourage everybody to try this. I've done it and I've watched the success of it. Go down in your phone. We all have a, a text, list, yeah. right? Of the people that you've texted in the last little while, go all the way down to the bottom. And that last text message you sent to that person at the bottom probably was a while ago, maybe two weeks, maybe a month, maybe even more. 
text that person today. If you do one thing, send them a hello, ask them how they are, and then maybe do it again the next day and bump that list up. I'm not going to take credit for the idea because it was Jay's idea, but I think it's one of positivity and I think it's one that needs to be spread around. I love it. I think it's a brilliant idea and kudos to uh, Jay Michaels for always bringing innovative uh, <laughs> ideas to human connection. Um, I think it's awesome and, and I, I'm glad you shared that. So we're going to wrap up uh, here, Ryan. I, I really do thank you for the time to, to connect and to have this conversation. So where can people find Ryan? Because I know you've got a bunch of things. You've got the, the podcast and I know that you're kind of in, in and out of that. So give us the rundown of the places where we can find Ryan Doyle. Yeah, I'm easy on uh, Instagram and Twitter. I'm at Ryan Doyle Show. If you want more of a look at the show, it's at The Rush Toronto on, on Instagram. And if you want to find Jay, I'll give him a little plug as well. At Jay yeah. on The Rush T.O. You can find him at Jay on The Rush T.O. on Twitter. So we're communicating and talking to people there. And of course, on the show from four to seven every single day, send us a text message. You know, I had a guy today. We've, we've been sharing recipes on the show. He emailed me the old fashioned way. I'll give you my email. It's rdoyle at newstalk1010.com. Uh, he had cooked one of the roasts that I had given out the recipe for, sent me some pictures. It looked lovely. It turned out well. So we're happy to interact and communicate through all of this and keep those communication lines going because we're, we're, we're happy to do it with you. And it's an honor and a privilege to be able to. Uh, my friend, it's, it's awesome. And I love the transparency. I think in the old media days, the idea of giving out your email address would have been, are you crazy? Like somebody's going <laughs> somebody's to hunt you down. You know, the reality sure. is... That's a beautiful thing, and I think it sends such a great message to your listeners and to anybody who's going to catch this to say, hey, you know, we're all about creating the conversations and helping people stay connected. I know you've been doing a lot of cooking, talking about your cooking. <laughs> Another great distraction for people or oh, great yeah. passion for people to get into uh, during these challenging times. So I got one more question for you, and this one's yes, a sir. doozy. This one is a doozy. Okay. When this is over when you can finally come out of your house comfortably and we know that this is going to be an evolution not a revolution and one day it'll all be over but that day when we're we're allowed to freely go outside and connect with whoever we want who's a person that you're gonna or who what what is the plan what, what do you think you'll want to do when that opportunity comes well for me you know saint patrick's day was a big thing it never happened um, so when the opportunity comes, I think I'm going to have to call a few of the lads that we would normally uh, go out with and hang out with. I've got to find a place that I can sit. It could be the Irish Embassy. It might be uh, PJ O'Brien's. It might be one of the great Irish establishments in this city. I, even if it was just one pint, Pete, I want a pint of Guinness in the worst way. So I think that's probably <laughs> the first thing I have uh, and some good conversation around it, to be honest. And I'd love to take my wife out to dinner as well. That would be a enjoyable thing to do because we never got to do that after the birth of our son. So, you know, she, she deserves, uh, you know, at least the dinner out at the very least uh, for, for nine months of, of carrying my child around at the very least, probably a hundred dinners, if not. You more. mean, you mean carrying your, your child or our child around? Our child. <laughs> I'm sorry. It must, it must be the connection, Pete. <laughs> Anyway, you know, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, your lovely bride is, uh, deserves a lot of uh, support and kudos for, as does every woman, for, uh, for what, they, what they do to bring uh, life to this planet. And let's hope that uh, through this journey, we start doing the things that keep all of us happier and healthier, 
create a more sustainable uh, world in the future for your children, for my children, uh, because I think this is a big wake up call for all of us. And, um, you know, the conversations that you have every day, Ryan, uh, when I get the chance to listen, which when I'm not in the car doesn't happen as often, but, you know, when I listen, you enlighten me every day, you inspire me, you make me smile, uh, you make me laugh, you and Jay, and I want to say thank you. Megan Reddick uh, also commented, you know, thanks for being a champion of, of social connection uh, in what we're both doing with the Genwell Project. But Ryan, thank you for what you do on the radio. Thank you for your support of the Genwell Project. And my friend, I know we'll be chatting soon, but uh, for now, uh, thanks for sharing that story and what you do every day, because I think you make a huge difference in the lives of people in this city and anybody who's listening online around the world. Well, I appreciate that. And it's my absolute privilege to be able to do it. And the fact that even one person has listened to me, I, you know, I'm honored by that at the, at the very least and humbled by the fact that there are so many more that, that tune in every day. And I just want to thank you uh, for all the work you do. I know how hard and passionate you are about things. I know that, you know, it's, it's tough to get that message across to people as, as easy as a message as it sounds, folks. Yeah. It's a tough one to get across to people. And I know, Pete, uh, you've been such a champion and such an ambassador. So thank you for all the work that you do as well. Uh, you're very kind. Um, very, very much appreciated. My friend, have a great day. Enjoy the show. We're going to tune in this afternoon. And I hope encourage everybody to tune in. News Talk 1010, 4 p.m. The Rush with Ryan Doyle and Jay Michaels. Uh, Ryan, thanks again. Have yourself a great day. And I know we'll chat soon. Thanks, brother. Cheers, pal.